Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. Because we've got 2 million marketing messages per day coming at us, we're not going to notice them once. We need to see this coming back and back and back. Not only is it relying on one channel, but it's making sure that we are using multiple channels. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by the very rugged up Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? Good, good. It's, it's really weird. Right? People say, are you cold? You're wearing a beanie inside. Are you cold? I'm going, no, I'm wearing a beanie. <laughs> <laughs> if I took Excellent. it you would be surprised how cold it gets once you lose your hair, right? Something that I'm hoping that I never, ever find out about, to be brutally honest. you got a good shaped head, Sam. You'd be all right. Thanks, Tim. (laughs) No one's ever told me that before. Can we move into today's episode? (laughs) Today we are talking about the marketing mistakes. This is part two. Last Thursday we did marketing mistakes part one. We talked about the five marketing mistakes that we see people making. And today we have got another five for you. Yeah, now it doesn't mean that because they're in part one, they have a particularly higher propensity to appear or impact. Um, so in no particular order. Definitely no particular order. Let's jump into today's first one, and that is the mystery. We need um, we need a little soundtrack music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would be way better than hearing you doing your little uh, mystery That was really good. That was like... Oh, sorry. That was amazing, Tim. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate (laughs) that that support. I love that I come to work every Thursday and, you know, in such a supportive environment. (laughs) And back to the mystery. Back to the the mystery. The mystery is, is, you know, you would do this. You've certainly, you would have certainly heard it. And so it's people who, when you say, uh, you know, what is it? You'll give me your elevator pitch. And then they suddenly go into this very long-winded explanation of how they do what they do, Mm -hmm. right? They go into the process of what it is that they do rather than really coming back to focusing on what's the transition, what's the value proposition, what's in it for me. Absolutely. So they're unable to share the outcome that they achieve. They're unable to explain what it is that they do. They're unable to explain what makes them different. And we're saying them, but I'm sure you're with me on on this one, Tim. I think that every single person, us included, 
have had these times in our business. I've never met one person ever that hasn't had a time in their business journey where they find it very difficult to articulate what they do. They're very easy, you mean. What did I say? Very hard. Very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. Well, well it is very difficult. That's being unable to, to easily articulate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, to easily articulate. Let's go back to last week when we were talking about Marjorie and the email you got from Marjorie, mm-hmm. who was like, well, Sam, I can help you get a million-dollar business. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's quite clearly an outcome. Yes. What we've often, what you're talking about here is saying, well, Sam, what we do is we do six coaching sessions and we have some worksheets and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, which largely doesn't really matter. What is the outcome we create? And this is something that I think is something that you need to kind of constantly work on and even workshop with your partners and, and clients. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this is something that you do a lot with your clients as part of your program is actually coming back and really kind of distilling. This is one of your areas of genius. It's really distilling down this little value proposition that you can very easily say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, Mm -hmm. this is what we do for clients and this is who we work with. Mm -hmm. And being able to do that, I think, is one of the foundational elements of building a successful business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you need to be able to explain clearly what the outcome that you're selling, not the logistics of what you're selling. Absolutely. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. Number two. Oh, this is a good one. People that have all their eggs in one basket. Okay. So raise your hand if you've ever heard of someone getting their Facebook ad account shut down. Absolutely. Oh, my God, what do I do now? Panic, 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 panic. Yeah. And because... They rely on that one channel. That they rely on Facebook ads. That's all they're using in their business. I've heard it happen before with people that have got one really good referral partner, and then all of a sudden that one referral partner has a pivot, or they start doing that service in their own business, and all of a sudden someone loses all of their clients overnight, or all of their new clients. Very scary thing place to be. Have you ever known someone to be in the same? business the whole time or not pivot at all, not change the business? I guess my answer would be no, because even people that have been in their business for 20 years, essentially doing the same thing, will still slightly pivot as they go through the years because times change. Mm -hmm. So someone that was doing something in 2018 and someone that was doing something through COVID at the beginning of COVID in 2020, whilst their business is technically the same, they're still going to be doing something slightly differently. Yeah. And like I said all the time as well, I, I use a model with my, my clients I call open, right? So organic paid expert and network channels rather than Facebook, LinkedIn. Mm, I like it. Just and repeat that, Tim. Yeah, open, right? So an acronym between, you know, your funnel where you collect your leads and, and what you're known for. So it's organic, paid, expert and network. Love it. Okay. Um, and I find that when we talk about that model with our clients, we say, look, you can do any one of these things, right? You could just do organic clients. That's posting your content. That's branding your car. It's uh, and it's putting a sandwich board outside your shop, right? 
But if you did that and paid for TV ads, mm-hmm. right, or for skywriting, mm-hmm. <laughs> at random, right, yep. and paid for Google ads, you would get, you know, the first channel would also be more effective because people are now starting to see you in multiple different channels, okay? If you're standing on stage and speaking on podcasts and doing webinars and have written a book, you and I are both doing, Sam, mm-hmm. you know, that is your expert channel, your recognised expert. And we all know recognised experts out there. Mm-hmm. But when we see our recognised experts in other spaces as well, again, they're more effective. And, of course, networkers all around your you know, your referral partners and and JV partners and your clients as well. And the more of these we work, some of them are really quick, Mm -hmm. they're really quick, right? Becoming an expert takes some time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but there are some of them are also more resilient to change. If you stop paying for ads, they stop working. What you said there is really important. And this is something that I learned very early in my business career was that multiple marketing channels at once don't just double your uh, results, I guess, essentially, they exponentially increase your results. So now we're talking back in 1994 here. So it's a little bit different to the way we do marketing now. But if we ever did a like a, a leaflet drop or a letterbox drop in our local area for our local business, we always knew that we had to do another channel at the same time. So we would do newspapers at the same time. We never did newspapers on their own and letterbox deliveries separately. We always did them at the same time because then people are starting to go, oh, I didn't notice that the first time I saw it, but I do remember seeing that somewhere else. And they're more likely to follow up on that, on that marketing. And it's, and it's even more so now because we've got, I think it's something like 2 million marketing messages per day coming at us. We're not going to notice them once. We need to see this, you know, coming back and back and back. Not only is it one channel, relying on one channel, but it's making sure that we are using multiple channels. Yeah. A good mate of mine, Nick, who runs a company called Pixelwise Creative Media, years ago he created a, a TV ad for client in, in Wagga, in Australia, Wagga Wagga, and said, you know, what do you want? You know, what are the, what's the outcome that you want from this, this TV commercial? And they've gone, we don't care. And he's like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> what do you mean you don't care what the result from this TV ad is? And, then they, and they turned around and actually it was interesting to, to hear Nick's sort of reaction to this is that they didn't care about the TV ad because it was an authority positioning marketing strategy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to make their other marketing strategies more effective. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, this is what we want to think about when we're doing it. When we talk about all, the, all your eggs in one basket, if you only have a Facebook page or your Facebook ads, and that is the only source of traffic that you're generating, you're somewhat at the mercy of Facebook's um, difficult to understand community guidelines that may or may not get you shut down without warning and without any (laughs) recourse. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And believe me, I know we've said it over and over and over on this show, but it does happen and you don't get any warning for when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be that person. No, no. So that's what we're talking about, all the eggs in one basket, you know, wherever possible, try and start to look at. If you've got one, see how you can add another channel on as well and make them, A, both more effective, but it's also more resilient to uh, errors. (laughs) And I I do just want to say we're not just talking about social media channels here. We're talking about any channel, one referral partner or one 
social media channel or one method of marketing. We want to make sure that we're spreading the load. Yeah, let's not make the mistake of thinking that social media is marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go to number three. It's number three. Number three, it's all about me. I feel like um, a bit like Dr. Zeus there, number three, it's all about me. It is. Well, there's a nice bit of alliteration. Of course, it's all about you, Sam. This always. Is it always is about me. <laughs> Welcome to the Sam Riley Show. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So all about me is really, you, I guess, forget it. This is a two-party relationship. <laughs> God, can you imagine going on a date with somebody and just having them talk all about themselves the entire time? Oh, my goodness, boy, does it happen? I can tell you from someone that was on the de- dating scene not that many years ago, this is quite a normal thing. <laughs> um, and it's actually a normal thing in business too. And it's, and I know that we've all met these people is, you know, someone that's just telling you all about themselves and what they do and why they're so good and the degrees that they have, yada, yada, yada instead of trying to explain the outcomes that they actually provide, not articulating the value that they provide to their clients. Oh, I've been on plenty of those Zoom calls. It's like putting down my Zoom, you know, get to know you Zoom calls. Um, so it's not an hour long of someone talking about themselves. Mm. Is that the time already? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the I time? The <laughs> I've got to go. Minute left and said, oh, my God, I've talked all about myself the whole time. And you know, tell me about you. <laughs> Right. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's not being able to articulate the value of what it is you do, being this long-winded thing, but also making it all about you and what you do and less about what the customer does. Mm-hmm. If you've ever done any sales training, and I encourage everyone listening to do this regularly, get a sales coach and, and you know, because if particularly if you're in a sales role, they'll often, you know, get to the point where all of the first part, as we talked about earlier, is all about that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It's all discovery about where your client is at, where your prospect is at, right? Suggesting the stretch of gap between where they are and where they want to be and then showing them, almost inviting them to ask, (laughs) how can you help with that transition? Absolutely. We did talk about this on episode 290 with Ari Galper. If you haven't heard that episode, definitely go back and have a listen because there was a lot of gold in there where Ari talked about it's not about you at all. It's a really great episode. So that's what we're re- referring yeah, to. A lot of time for Ari, very knowledgeable man around sales. Interestingly enough, one of uh, Ari's challenges that he puts out to audiences that he speaks in front of, he says, has anyone got a difficult client? Let's close them on the phone right now live. I will do it. I don't know anything about your product or service, right? And that's a really weird thing to say for someone in sales. You got to the product inside out. But our challenge is always I can do I, you know we can we can demonstrate how we can do this by just asking questions about how my cust- you know the customer. And you're right, I have seen him do it live on stage, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's good to watch. Absolutely, good to, good to absolutely. Watch masters in action, a bit like watching you every week, Sam. Oh, Tim, look at that. <laughs> let's let's go on to number. Nothing, four. nothing flattery will get you everywhere. Okay. <laughs> you know me well, Tim. You know me well. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's look at this next one. Um, we're going to talk about just waiting. Absolutely. Just waiting. This is a big one that I see. You know, we talk a lot about people coming out of the gate and really, you know, selling to you right off. But in actual fact, a lot of the people that I speak to are actually not like that at all. And it's the opposite. They just sit back and wait and expect 
people or expect their prospects to reach out to them. Mm. And it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, like every, no one, everyone loves to buy, but no one likes to be sold to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been, you know, I, I, as you know, Sam, and, and many of my listeners will, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of paint pictures in my mind of different stuff. I always picture this a bit like a spider's web, right? Mm-hmm. Spider builds a web, sits there, hopefully something flies into it at some point, and they scuttle out and they go, oh, dinner, yum. <laughs> <laughs> and I see this repeatedly with marketing strategies and particularly content-driven marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. Now, content is a very important piece of any marketing strategy, but if you just put content there and you know, expect someone to pick up the phone and, and call you, you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, It will happen. If you do enough content, enough of the right content, right? But you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table to reach out to people who are engaging with that content. Mm-hmm. That there is an invitation to start a conversation. Absolutely. Right? If you want to make the sale, if you want to grow your business, you have to be the one that takes the initiative to start conversations with people who, be, who are raising their hand. It's not just about helping people. So there's two pieces to this I see. That first piece, which is what you just mentioned, is it's explaining clearly to people this is how you take the next step. Mm. People don't know just how to take the next step if you don't tell them. So it might be if you've liked this piece of content, scroll down and hit the button and book a time in my calendar or watch this training or fill out this form, whatever that piece is. But it's also, I think, talking about um, nurturing. And this is another piece of the pie is having, and this is huge, is people doing lead generation. And I've just put that in air quotes for people that can only hear this. People doing lead generation, having someone join their email list, and then that's it. They think, oh, I've got a new lead but they never contact that lead. They never put them into a, a, you know, a nurture sequence or they never reach out to that person. And it's like they think that that is the beginning and the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, uh, that's a see, I think I see a lot when I'm, I'm starting to work with people who have an existing CRM um, is that you've got the lead magnet deliver it and then like the automation is here's your lead magnet and there's nothing else. Yeah. Right? There's no depth of relationship we're building, and and we do we do sell to people who ultimately just know that we're competent in what we do, and they they like who we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, that relationship comes from depth of relationship. Mm-hmm. I've been reflecting on this about myself lately, you know, about the number of connections I've got on LinkedIn, which is sort of now it's just ticking over ten thousand. I don't know there's 10,000 people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chances are they don't know me because they're connected to 10,000 each as well, yeah. which is a lot of second-tier connections. But, you know, unless there's depth of relationship, there's unlikely to be any opportunity either way. I'm not going to buy from them. They're not going to buy from me. I've got a great a story here to articulate what this can look like, and that is I met someone last year who told me that they were running a webinar. I mean, I'll call. So this was just to give context. This was in a sales conversation. So, you know, I I was able to ask some deeper questions and I said, okay, so you're running the webinar. What's the outcome of the webinar? She said, it's for lead generation. I went, cool. Okay. So what is the next step? Uh, You know, do you want, what program are you selling them? She said, what do you mean? And I said, well, the leads for what? And she said, oh, no one's ever asked me that. I was running the webinar because I wanted to get people onto my email list. 
She had absolutely zero understanding that those leads were meant to be going somewhere. So just collecting email addresses is not lead generation if you're not doing something or inviting them to take the next step with you. Yeah, you've heard this, you've heard me talk about this uh, a lot before when we're doing, I guess, funnel design, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better description. And, you know, often we, I, I liken it very much like kids. So if you've got kids, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you ask your kids to do something once, good luck in actually getting it done. <laughs> Treat bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Often we have to ask the kids to do something lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of times until we get the outcome that we want, and then we move on to the next thing. And again, the same thing, right? If you're sitting there waiting for someone to open your lead magnet before you start the nurture process, right, and they never do that first step, they'll just get lost, mm. right? So sometimes we need to, you know, again, we need to take control of the relationship and drive it to the outcome that we want to we want to have and so that means if they don't do the thing for long enough i'm gonna to have to do it next i'll decide what the next step is right? so mm. if someone doesn't open your lead magnet guess what most people won't mm-hmm. don't read your lead magnet mm-hmm. go on to the next step absolutely so that's number four just waiting and number five tim <laughs> the one-sided tennis match yeah one-sided tennis match doesn't sound very fun it sounds like it'd be a bit slow <laughs> I'm going to lob the ball over and nothing's going to come back to me. <laughs> but this this happens a lot, and this happens a lot in the referral space. Mm-hmm. We were talking off air about this, that in, what am I up to now, 18 years of networking, mm-hmm. 17 years of networking. Yeah, you are a master networker. Um, I can think, I can probably only count on one hand the number of times that someone's come back to me to close the loop around a referral I've given them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the same thing in in email introductions. You know, hey Sam, I want to introduce it to to John. Blah blah blah. Sam does this, John does that. Thought it'd be a great fit. You guys go, and then again nothing. And you're like, hey John, love to connect, all right? And you know, you send your email out, and and that's the one side of tennis match, right? You send your email out, hoping for a response. John's busy. John's on holidays. John's got other priorities. John doesn't think he's got a big enough problem to solve today, mm-hmm. you know, and if it sort of disappears, right, whose problem is it? It's not John's problem, mm. okay? It's it's your problem that you've let the opportunity slip through your fingers. Mm. I think I'm going to take this even one step further than not just connecting with John or following up John, but I also think it's it's really great to follow up back with the person that you that made the introduction in the first place. So let's just take that scenario that you introduced me to John. I've connected with John. I followed up with John, just as you mentioned then. But it's also a great way to build my relationship with you, Tim, to come back and say, hey, Tim, thanks so much for introducing me to John a couple of weeks ago. We've now spoken and, you know, John has signed up to this program or I'm going to have him on my podcast. You know, thanks again for for the introduction and, you know, look forward to catching up with you soon or do you want to catch up on a call to, you know, whatever. So it's actually coming back and validating and saying thank you and giving gratitude for the person that gave you that referral in the first place. And I know not a lot of people do this because when I do it, I often get some very surprised emails back. Oh, no one's ever done that before. Of course, Sam, no worries. And what's the next thing they're going to do? 
they're going to remember you and do it again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And look, this, this applies in all parts of your marketing. It's not just referrals. And it refers to your social media messages as well, the conversations you have. It refers to um, proposals that you sent out. You know, a former client of mine uh, at one point admitted to a proposal that he'd sent out and then been too embarrassed to follow up on because mm-hmm. he left it for six months mm-hmm. and then happened to bump into the guy in the supermarket and <laughs> who said, oh, when are we going to start that project? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> six months later. And so it's in all it's in all aspects of the communication we have with our prospects and clients. It's on us to drive the relationship and the outcome we want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's go back and go over or um, what's the word, Tim? Recap. <laughs> so let's go over and recap the five marketing mistakes for today. Number one is the mystery and that's being unable to explain what you're selling or I can't explain and articulate clearly what you do or what makes you different. Number two, having all your eggs in one basket and having an over-reliance on one marketing channel. Number three, it's all about me. So not articulating the value to your prospect and articulating the outcomes and rather talking about the logistics. Number four, just waiting and expecting people to reach out to you when you haven't been conversing with them. And number five, the one-sided tennis match, not following up and catching up with the people that have helped you out or referred work, introductions, all the things. (laughs) That was very mechanical, wasn't it? (laughs) My, I had a brain fart. We only, we only discovered that one. I was like, well, we've got one already. Exactly, exactly. That's right. So, guys, if you've enjoyed uh, today's episode, um, or even last week, uh, so we've gone through 10 common marketing mistakes and how you can fix them. Um, if you've enjoyed today's episode, just scroll up to the top of your podcast app and gotten value from it. Click the three dots and uh, hit share, follow, like, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing you over in the marketing, sorry, in the Thought Leaders Business Lab on Facebook as well, where you can see find this one and all the other episodes and join an amazing group of entrepreneurs going through the same stuff that you are. Absolutely. Who doesn't like to hang out with like-minded people? Absolutely. So uh, that's it for today. Sam, you'll be back next Monday with the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'll be joining you again, as always, on Thursday. And I guess that's it for now. There's nothing more to say, but... Ciao, ciao. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and change makers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.